Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Dobius, and I am bringing you the week, week one waiver signings and injury recap. Man, I hope you had a good week one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this episode, I'm just going to be talking about some notable injuries that happened and my favorite waiver signings for this week. A uh, couple things to mention. First, this is recorded pre-Baltimore. Uh, Raiders game so if anything big happens there I'll let you know in the next episode but this is before the Ravens play the Raiders and uh, yeah that's really about it so let's talk injuries first of all Ryan Fitzpatrick he suffered a hip injury he is going to miss six to eight weeks Taylor Heineke will now be the starter for the Washington football team They also mentioned that they are not currently looking to bring in another quarterback, which to me is a little surprising because when I heard that it was going to be a a battle between Fitzpatrick and Heineke for the starting role, I was a little bit surprised. I think they're a little too high on Heineke, Uh, but you know, it's either, I guess, what, Heineke or Cam Newton, if you're going to pick up Cam Newton, which with your offense, with a a deep threat like Terry McLaurin uh, and Curtis Samuel. I don't know how much I would uh, feel confident in Cam Newton. So I, I guess I don't blame them, but uh, that really, to me, decreases the value of some Washington football players. Uh, yeah, I'm a little lower on Terry. I'm lower on Curtis Samuel, even though he didn't play uh, because he was dealing with an injury. He's not going to play for another couple of weeks. Lower on Logan Thomas, even though he got that touchdown. Really, the only buddy, the the only one that I'm not too worried about is Antonio Gibson because he was the the RB one with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's still going to be the RB one with Heineke. He's going to be the the focus on this team, so or at least on this offense. So yeah, um, kind of unfortunate because Fitzpatrick, there was so much potential for this team. Uh, next up, Jerry Judy. He suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for four to six weeks which means Cortland Sutton should be the wide receiver one. I say that with a little kind of question mark at the end there because last game, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, uh, even the backup tight end, Albert Okwa, Okwa, I'm not going to pronounce his name. Alberto is what they call him. Okwa Bonham, I think is how you pronounce it. All of those guys had more receptions than Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton only one reception for 14 yards. Theoretically, he should be the wide receiver one until Jerry Judy returns, but, you know, it's it's the Denver Broncos. You never know. They have a ton of capable receivers like KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick that are going to be involved in this offense every single week. So I I think I still have Cortland Sutton as a as a flex option. And I think that he has a lot more opportunity now that Jerry Judy is gone. But I wouldn't feel comfortable putting him as a wide receiver one or two just yet. Uh, next up, Raheem Mostert. He's going to be out for around eight weeks with a knee injury. Uh, very, very unfortunate for Mostert. These 49ers just can't catch a break. Uh, that means that Elijah, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon and Michael Hasty are going to be on this running back carousel. And it's going to be a headache for fantasy owners. I know that Elijah Mitchell had a, a really good game last week. The sixth round rookie had 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. 
by far the best running back on the team. Uh, Jamichael Hasty only one carry for three yards and a touchdown, and then that was it. That was it. Trey Sermon was out. He was a healthy inactive, which was a little bit concerning for Sermon owners. But yeah, in in terms of what this means for fantasy, I I guess Elijah Mitchell is the running back one, and I'm going to be talking about him later on in this episode. He's he is a waiver signing, a pretty obvious one because he showed what he can do, right? 100-plus yards in a TD. But the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan likes to just screw with fantasy owners, right? They just, they, there's there's always going to be a rotation. It's kind of like what the, uh, I guess, what the Baltimore running back situation was going to be like. It was a little bit of Gus Edwards, a little bit of J.K. Dobbins. You don't really know what to expect. I would say this is a very comparable to the Buffalo Bills running game or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running game where you just you're not comfortable starting anybody because you don't know what the workload's going to look like each week because it's going to change. So I, I do think that both Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell especially, should be rosterable. Just don't start them yet. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's going to miss three to five weeks with a calf injury, so there goes a a, a good backup wide receiver. Uh, I wouldn't take any other receivers on the Cowboys. I wouldn't pick up Wilson. Uh, I wouldn't do that just yet. So, um, actually, I wouldn't do that at all. It's just going to be too inconsistent. So, um, and then Rashad Penny, he's going to be out for a couple weeks. He's dealing with an injury, so the backup behind. Chris Carson is kind of up for grabs. Uh, and this is important to mention because Chris Carson is very, I mean, he, he deals with a ton of injuries. He's very injury prone. So I guess DJ Dallas is going to be the RB two now. Uh, and it's just something to keep an eye on. If, if Chris Carson is, uh, gets injured in, in practice or during a game, DJ Dallas should have value once again, at least for the first, uh, for the next couple weeks. Moving on to the top free agents to pick up. I'm going to go position by position here. Uh, only quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers for this week. I don't have any tight ends, defenses, or kickers. Uh, also, this will be posted on our website if you want to see this in article form. Make sure to check that out. Uh, www.barelyathletic.com Also, I will be talking about some of these on our social media. Instagram is at barely underscore athletic youtube and tiktok is at barely athletic so make sure to check that out um starting off with quarterback first player james winston for the new orleans saints he's only rostered in 26 percent of leagues uh he's the weirdest quarterback in fantasy football history he threw five touchdowns only 148 passing yards the least amount of yards thrown by a quarterback with five or more touchdown passes in nfl history uh yeah he has and always will be a wild card when it comes to fantasy value but this week it it showed that he still has the ability to finish as a a top three quarterback each week like it was not an easy matchup against the green bay packers or at least i thought it wasn't going to be but he looked really good like he went 14 for 20 so he wasn't that he didn't have a lot of passing volume but he was efficient with with his passes through touchdowns to Deontay Harris, Juwan Johnson, Chris Hogan, Alvin Kamara. Like the 
these are especially the the first three that I mentioned: Chris Hogan, Jawan Johnson, Deontay Harris. Like, these aren't elite receivers. Like this isn't DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs. This isn't even players like Corey Davis or Nelson Aguilar that are even lower in the tier. Like these are, uh, I guess, quote unquote, nobodies uh, when it comes to fantasy relevance. And he's making them look like superstars. So, Jameis Winston, I, I'm not going to say he's a a starting quarterback in in your league. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting him in uh, in my starting lineup each week. But if it's a good matchup, I'm all in on Jameis Winston. I mean, this showed that like he can put up some big numbers. Next week, they play the New Orleans Saints, or not the, excuse me, next week, the Saints play the Carolina Panthers. Maybe that's a good week. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a good week to start him. I mean, the Panthers have a, a, a pretty solid defense, and they, they showed that against the New York Jets. But, you know, if you got a very tough, let's say you got Carson Wentz against the Rams, I'd rather play Jameis Winston, right? If you got Joe Burrow against the Bears, I might go Jameis Winston. If you have Matt Ryan against the Bucks, I'm going to go Jameis Winston. Like, it's depending on the matchup. Heck, even Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs, I don't know. That's how crazy it is. Like, Jameis Winston is a big wild card, and he has very, very high upside. He is worth a roster spot, even if it's just for that one bye week that your starting quarterback has. It's definitely worth it. Uh, moving on to running backs. Winston is the only quarterback I got this week. Moving on to running backs. Here's something I never thought I would say. Mark Ingram. Pick him up. He's 11% owned. He's the running back for the Houston Texans. Uh, I would say this is probably the most surprising game from last Sunday. The Texans just destroyed the Jaguars. Uh, and Mark Ingram was the starting, I guess, not the, the running back one. And that was that's by a long shot. Let me tell you the running back stats. Mark Ingram, 26 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. Then it was Philip Lindsay with eight carries, 25 yards and a touchdown. Then David Johnson, three carries, 10 yards, a touchdown. Mark Ingram had more than double the amount of carries than Philip Lindsay and David Johnson combined. I mean, if if a running back is going to get over 25 carries, he has a ton of value no matter who that player is. There were weeks last season where Frank Gore was fantasy relevant because he would get 20-plus carries a game. It wasn't great. He didn't get over 100 yards rushing, but he would get 70 and two touchdowns. That's how I picture Mark Ingram. He's not going to be a, an RB2 for your team. He's not even going to be a dependable flex, but on some weeks, he is going to be a decent flex option. This is if they stay consistent with with this offense. I don't know how many times the Texans are going to be able to run the ball more than 30 times a game this season, like they did last Sunday against the Jaguars, or even who the lead back is going to be any other week. But if this is what the backfield looks like, he has some value. He, Mark Ingram has some flex value, and worst case, he's a, a very solid backup. So Mark Ingram is a great pickup for me. 
I don't know if I would start him next week just because I want to see what this offense is is really going to look like. If Mark Ingram has another week where he has twice the amount, three times the amount as the the next person, yeah, sign me up, man. If this is what it's going to look like, I'm all in. They play the Browns next week, which is going to be a, a very difficult matchup. But, you know, anything can happen. So I, I like Mark Ingram. I think he's a great signing. Next up, Elijah Mitchell. I, I talked about this earlier today, so I'll keep it a, a brief. Uh, San, San Francisco 49ers, obviously. He's only 2% owned. That's going to skyrocket. I think he's going to be like 80% owned after the waivers go through on Wednesday. So uh, due to Raheem Mostert being out for eight weeks, both rookie running backs, Elijah Mitchell, who's a sixth rounder, and Trey Sermon, a third rounder. I think they have some opportunity, and opportunity hopefully leads to some value. Uh, it seems that Elijah Mitchell is going to be the lead back as of right now. But again, 49ers, they love to rotate running backs. It's going to be a headache for fantasy owners, but he should be owned. Just don't start him yet until we know what this backfield is going to look like in the next couple weeks. He should be owned. Trey Sermon, I get if you don't want to pick him up, but Elijah Mitchell, based on the on the game he had, he, he can be a a league winner. He can be a, a weak winner at least. Like he can be huge for fantasy. So really pick up Elijah Mitchell. He is going to be he he's the he's the top guy to get in every fantasy league. Everybody's going to be gunning for him on uh, on Wednesday. So you know prepare if you if you want to take the risk. You're going to have to spend a lot to get him. Uh, the final running back is Devin Singletary, the running back for the Buffalo Bills. He's 68% owned, so he's a little harder to grab. Uh, it might not be available in some of your leagues, but you know, in, in, in 10, 12, man, it, it could be uh, possible. In a pretty surprising turn of events, Zach Moss, he was declared a healthy inactive for last Sunday's game, and that was pretty shocking to me because I thought throughout training camp, Zach Moss might have had the edge over Singletary, but you know, I know he was dealing with some injuries, but I, I really thought this would be his season where he would become the uh, the the lead back. I, I was hoping, I was praying for at least one of these two running backs to emerge as the starter because I was tired of the, the 50-50 split. And I guess I got my wish. Devin Singletary is, go, is the lead back. He ran 11 times for 72 yards. That's most on the team in both categories. It was a tough match uh, matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Listen, uh, 72 rushing yards against the Steelers in a, I would say, a pretty disappointing week for the Buffalo Bills. That's pretty good. I mean, if that's his, that's his floor, yeah, sign me up. Uh, it, it really seems like Devin Singletary has the edge over every other running back. The only person that was competing with him is Zach Moss. So uh, as of right now, it's Devin Singletary as the one. It is Matt Burita as the two. Um, and I have no idea what's going to happen to Zach Moss, but knowing that he got benched when he wasn't even injured is a big concern, especially when his fantasy relevance was already uh, on the fence. It was already borderline. So knowing that, I, I would say get rid of Zach Moss because you don't want to deal with that. So I, I think he's going to be a good flex option uh, if this pattern continues. Moving on to the wide receivers, we have Nelson Aguilar the wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He is only 30% owned in leagues, which is very good. And this is a guy that I've been talking about 
almost all offseason, especially once Mac Jones was declared the starter. This was the guy I was like, you need to go get. And he showed it this week. He he really did. Like, I I was fired. I can't even tell you how excited I was when Nelson Aguilar scored that touchdown. Uh, his stats last week, five receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He was averaging 14 yards per reception, which is very nice. Uh, but he was all over the field. He was all over. He We saw him record receptions in the short, mid, and long-range passing plays. I mean, he was all over. I just love the way he was involved in this game. He already has a great connection with Mac Jones. Like, but, like it was, oh man, I can't even explain. It's one of these, he's one of these players where, like, you don't need to look at stats. If you just watch the game, you just kind of know that, like, this this guy's going to get the ball a lot. I see him as the number one wide receiver on this team. He's going to be involved in every game unless he's injured. So, yeah, I, I think this guy's a, a very good option. He has really high upside, too, just because of his deep threat ability. The next receiver is uh, is a little weird. Because it's another Patriots wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, 61% owned. He had the most targets on the team last week. Nelson Aguilar had the second most. Jacoby Myers had the most with nine compared to Aguilar's seven. Jacoby Myers was on the field 74 out of 75 offensive plays. Although his, his 44 receiving yards wasn't that impressive, his involvement on the team as the main slot receiver, really creates a high floor for Jacoby Myers every week. He's going to be on the field, and he's going to be getting, uh, he's going to be the slot guy, so he's going to be getting some looks, at least, by Mac Jones. And I, I think that he's a, a very reliable, dependable option for Mac Jones. I, I truly believe that. So Jacoby Myers, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I believe more in Aguilar. I think he has the higher upside but Jacoby Myers has the higher floor, if that makes any sense. I think that Myers is is not going to disappoint you as much as Aguilar when on his bad weeks, but Aguilar has the ability to finish uh, higher than Jacoby Myers. So it's, it's really if you want a, a big play, high upside type of guy, higher risk, or if you want a safe, reliable guy in Jacoby Myers. Never thought I would have two Patriots wide receivers in my week one waiver signings. But hey, man, it's it's uh times are changing. It's crazy. So um last player, the last receiver, only 19% owned in leagues. A man that I've been excited for the entire offseason. I have in I th- I think I, I want to say 75% of my fantasy leagues that I'm in, I have them just stashed uh at the bottom of the bench. But that is wide receiver Rondale Moore for the Arizona Cardinals. They proved last Sunday they are a high-scoring offense. They do have a ton of mouths to feed, but I was still very shocked about how involved Rondale Moore was in his first NFL game. Now, I know Christian Kirk had two touchdowns. I know DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins, right? And I know A.J. Green was even involved. Like, AJ Green was looking good. Uh, not enough for me to, you know, want to pick him up, but two receptions, 25 yards, that's better than he's done in a while. Um, Rondo Moore was still heavily involved. Four receptions, 68 yards. Again, not that impressive when you just look at his stats, 
but the report that he had with Kyler Murray and Rondo Moore's skill set, to me, it almost guarantees five plus targets per game. Honestly, like he can he can be a playmaker anywhere on the field. He is so fast. I wanted to see him involved in a rushing play. I wanted like a jet sweep or something similar to that, uh, but he didn't get it this game, which is a shame because he is a very very good runner. Like I've talked about him all off season, he is a a I guess a a light version of Tyreek Hill. Really, I think that Rondo Moore's potential, like he has the same skill sets as Tyreek Hill, and with a superstar quarterback like Kyler Murray, and with a offense that's going to pass the ball a lot. Rondo Moore is is really a, a, a sneaky option. Um, he's not going to start for you every week, and, and I would probably urge you not to start him uh, for the first couple weeks, just in case if I'm wrong, in case of Rondo Moore, maybe his targets go down, maybe a different player steps up, maybe it's AJ Green, I don't know. But Rondo Moore is worth the spot on your roster because of his upside. He really does have, uh, I would say, just as high of an upside as uh, a player like Jalen Waddle, who looked really good as well. Uh, and I will be talking more about everything that happened in week one in tomorrow's episode. It should be a week one recap. I'll talk about all the important talking points and my takeaways uh, from last Sunday. Uh, so yeah, definitely tune in for that. Check out our website again, barelyathletic.com. Please follow us on social media. Instagram is at barely underscore athletic. YouTube and TikTok is at barely athletic. We are posting shorts multiple times a week, about five times, five, six times a week. Uh, Let us know what you want to hear from us. Let us know if you got any questions because we love answering them. This is what we do. So uh, thank you once again for listening and I'll see you next time.